Hi guys, so I'm going to leave the rest to the professionals and while I'm down laying here waiting to heal, I wanted to tell you a story or two. The first one is about DACA. Now, I want to start with an African student who was a four-point-plus student. Her father and mother had become friends with us through their children at the preschool. And we invited them over, and they invited us over, and they were very pleasant to know. I believe they were Nigerian. So the granddaughter, or the daughter rather, received uh, scholarships from a lot of known uh, sources like big name sources and acceptance into major colleges. The problem is the father had come over as a student to my alma mater, USC, but he never, he stayed, but he didn't have his paperwork together. So his daughter did not have citizenship. So she could not accept the money. She could not accept the offers. And she was just with all that she had done, she had been trained by American institutions, but she was asked out. And um, I'm not sure exactly what happened. We lost touch, but that was a very sad story of a person who had worked so hard and achieved so much and could go nowhere. Fast forward to a few years ago when we took uh, students to the White House from the local high schools, two local inner city high schools. And one young lady, uh, her name is Diana, she wasn't legal, but her brother was. In other words, they were like two little kids together, one a year apart. And her brother was born here, but she was born there. So, and these are Latina children. So she came here. She worked very hard. She worked harder than anybody to fundraise for that trip to the White House because we're in Los Angeles. That's a long trip. Hotel rooms, there was a lot of expenses, but Diana worked very hard. The only problem was she'd never be allowed into the White House because she did not have her paperwork in order. So two years later, uh, we took, this is the trip I actually went on. We took uh, the students to the White House. Uh, the person who ran the group, she told her about different opportunities. And I think DACA was one. And uh, she arranged to get paperwork so that when we got to the, to the uh, steps of the White House that day, you go through the side entrance, you know, under an awning. Uh, she was shooting photography, but I noticed that she was shooting tears streaming down her face. Because the last time she came to Washington, D.C., even though she raised all that money, she had to stay back in the hotel room. This time, she was actually going to cross that threshold. And to her, it meant everything. She cried, she cried, and we all cried. We were some crying folks that day because the magnitude of what it meant hit us through her tears. We walked in to meet with the president's office of... Uh, God, I forgot. It's a, it was a high tech because these students were learning um, STEM um, courses and things like that. And um, this office had invited us to the White House and uh, it, it, it started a, a long relationship. But anyway, um, while we were in there in the in the room with the big conference table and we were speaking to these executives, um, 
and she told her story, she started crying again. Well, then they started crying because they had worked very hard on the the paper, the legislation to make all this legal, and it did not go through. She was crying. We were still crying. The other people were crying. The next students who spoke, every student had a spiel, were all crying. Even the director of the program was crying. And I'm crying because I cannot believe we're so close to these students we have invested in health care, education, food, everything. And we've given them welfare, everything. And now when they're ready to pay back and they're college aged or whatever, we're, we're going to leave them by the wayside? I'm crying. Okay, so those musical interludes might have been laying it on a bit thick, but tomorrow is Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday. And a lot of people go out and make appointments and speak to people and commit to certain ideals and goals and things of all of us getting together in our very country long before Dr. King, you know, with the Statue of Liberty and the give us your, that whole list of things that we wanted to do for world residents, not just Americans. I can't believe now when I talk about Diana, Diana and her brother are Mexican, but they were raised here. This is the only country they know. This is it. This is home. It wasn't their fault that they were brought here. And if the parents were seeking a life and trying to get away from all kind of madness, then we put we harbor so many other people and it's no problem. You know, people go back and forth across the Canadian border and it's not even an issue. Um, or it doesn't appear to be. So anyway, I just, you know, I hate when I hear people say, oh, we have too many of them and all this kind of stuff. And, and they're, they're, they're not contributing. And, and, and this s-hole word that's been bandied about for the last few days. And it, it's, and then folks will say, well, he, he just said a cuss word. That doesn't mean he's racist. I've heard that. I've heard that about our president. And I can't believe that someone would defend based on that. When when you say, why do we have people coming from this brown nation when we could have people from Norway? Anyway, I don't even want to get into that. You you believe, you, you go ahead and support them. You do what you want to do. But I got to do me. And we, those of us who agree, we have to do something. I'm not talking about violence. I believe his own people will get to him before anybody out here on the Democratic side or another side will. I'm not saying anything should happen to him physically or anything like that. But I'm saying if there is a way to change minds and hearts, then this country would be so much better. Because we're all getting tired of hearing the stories of this one getting beaten and that one getting shot and this one, you know, it, it, it just because of ideologies. There's enough room here for everyone. I mean, we, not we, folks took it from those who were here when they got here and said they discovered it. So, you know, but we, we built these children. We, we've clothed and fed, we housed them, we gave them welfare, we educated them. And they are going to be great adults. They love this country. 
Why can't they be allowed to be here? We've already educated them. And they have nowhere else to go. They do not know any other place but here. So, yeah, I do have a dream. And I hope and pray that the same emotion that we felt, and I mistakenly said they were Latina. I know you can't say that, that there was the wrong gender. But what I'm saying, though, even though I made some mistakes in my reporting, I wish I could change, but I'm not going to go back. The The, the sentiment was there. Everybody, and, and if you could have seen that room, we were all different shades of skin tones. And everybody in there was so touched by this young woman who worked so hard. And it, it, when when her dream finally came, she just she she just cried and it touched us all. So that's our story for today. I'll come back with some more. You know, I'm laying here with my foot, a bum foot, a bum leg. So you might hear a lot from me. <laughs> just delete me if I'm on your list. But thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed listening. Oh, and P.S., just in case you were wondering, this happened over four years ago because I've been at my current job four years ago. So we're talking about the Obama White House, just for a point of clarification. It meant a lot to a lot of us back in those days to get into that place with a whole different vibe in the White House. So it meant a lot to her, too. <laughs>